At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. You know, so they keep experimenting. And if they hit a good shot, they're like, oh, I turned my left shoulder more. Oh, I kept my head down. And all these like, like fictitious fields that people have instead of the measuring the absolute. So... My name is Scott Hogan, and I'm a golf coach located just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Over the past several years, I've been searching for the knowledge that would make me a better golf coach and become someone who helps my students play better and enjoy the game of golf more. I never thought this search would take me to certain places or allow me to meet certain people, but as the search has continued and the knowledge has been learned, I want to invite you to join me along the way as we explore more ideas that help golfers and coaches become the most successful they can be. Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast. Thank you everybody again for joining us on the Be Epic Podcast. Had a little bit of a break there. We were finishing up. I have high school season and college season that finishes in the, the fall here, so getting through the state tournaments and then actually just getting back from Whistling Straits as well with our college boys. It was uh, it's a great time. So ready to go and get back into learning though a little bit and excited for the guests we have coming up. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and hopefully we'll make uh, something for everybody that they can learn something and can apply to their games and continue to go from there. So on today's podcast, we are going to have Lewis Sauer. Lewis Sauer is a fellow PGA professional. He's here in Chicago on the north side in Northbrook. He is someone that I've had the privilege of spending a little bit of time with, talking with on a couple of different occasions. He is one of the brightest minds in instruction. He also is someone that has always been at the forefront of technology and at the forefront of having in place plans and and how to improve instead of just being really random with what's going on in instruction so i'm excited to talk with him about how he goes about and helps people get better he's had students win at professional levels high school collegiate having success at all different areas of the game and looking forward to hearing what he has to say about how he helps people get better and the other thing that's interesting too is he's one of the one of the first people I talked to about when we're trying to set up an indoor location and having an indoor place to teach. He has done that, and he teaches mainly out of an indoor place, which I think is very interesting because he still gets fantastic results, even though he doesn't spend all of his time outside on a range uh, or at a course all the time. So. We'll, we're looking forward to having Lewis on, and again, we can't thank him enough for doing that. And before we get started, we'll let him tell you a little bit about his background and how he got started in teaching. 
Yeah, thanks, Scott, for having me on. Um, I started when I was about eight, but that was like probably like my fifth sport that I played. And uh, I played basketball, soccer, um, baseball, all those other ones. And golf just sort of grew on me. And then I got into high school and I had a couple of buddies that uh, were pretty good. And, and they convinced me not to play soccer. So I decided to play golf. And um, I didn't want to be the weak link. So I started playing and practicing more and caught up to them. And um, it led me to Ferris State. I went into the PGM program, and then I was lucky enough to do an internship down to Terrell in Miami, uh, where I met Jim McLean. So when I was done trying on the mini tours, uh, I gave Jim a call, and uh, he had a, an assistance position open where he spent two years basically as an apprentice, helping out, doing all the, the grunt work, and then in return, uh, you, you got to be trained on, on his system of teaching, and we did two meetings a week. Uh, just covering all the different topics. Um, so I worked for him for eight years, teaching total um, in Miami, down at Doral, plus also PJ West in uh, La Quinta, California. And then in 05, I moved back to Chicago, um, kind of a weird situation, or my dad had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, I just wanted to get back to Chicago and see, uh, you know, be with him during that that time. And uh, luckily, Northmore um, had a teaching position open, and I started teaching there. And my dad uh, recovered from his uh, uh, cancer, and he decided he was going to move to Florida. And uh, he's still still live, uh, living today, so that's good. And then I stayed in Chicago and built a, uh, a teaching business in, indoors and out. And, you know, that's really where everything started from uh, – uh, the indoor side at Northmore, we turned our bag room into an indoor hitting area. We, you know, it started out basic with video, and then I started trying to add, you know, whatever the current uh, launch monitors were. You know, I think I started off with P3 Pro, then moved up into the Foresight, and then um, then FlightScope, then TrackMan. So currently, now I have a indoor studio in Northbrook. Uh, we have four uh, hitting bays with TrackMans. Um, and one bay with foresight plus the Sam Putt Lab and um, a putting area. So, and then last last year I was fortunate enough to be named uh, Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year. Yeah. So that's kind of my my background in a, in a nutshell there. And so there's a little bit of the background for Lewis. Obviously, a very accomplished teacher. He was the 2017 Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year. He has a ton of experience. When he talks about the golf swing, he's definitely somebody I will listen to for his opinion because he has a lot of experience using a lot of this knowledge practically, but also you know, he has a great theory behind what he does. So the other thing that always interests me with Lewis is he's one of the first teachers I know that, that starts shifting to mainly teaching indoors. Now, he does do outdoor stuff, but where we would say that all right, you need to be outdoors you got to be in the environment you got to hit off grass he started to shy away from that and I think as you hear him talk about it it's really interesting to see how that balance of indoor versus outdoor teaching really can work and really help a student as they start to develop uh, a lot of uh, indoor um, but now I have the Glen Club where we do on-course instruction um, so we can see how people you know, manage their emotions and their decision making and 
you know, troubled lives and, and the things you just can't measure indoors. Uh, but one of the funny things that happened is when I moved indoors, people were like, oh, you know, we need an outside spot. And, um, you know, I want to work at hit balls on the range. And now that they've gotten so comfortable hitting with TrackMan, they don't, they don't even like doing the lessons outdoors. They like being able to, you know, see their swings on TrackMan and see the numbers and uh, do the training that we do using the live video so that they can actually see where they're supposed to be as opposed to just saying, uh, you know, try this, try that. I think it's a much more precise way to, to train. Well, I mean, there's definitely a value in, in being outside. You know, some things that you can't see indoors is, you know, if someone has an alignment issue, um, you know, that's much easier to see when you're on the golf course. Uh, you know, indoors, you're pretty much, it's pretty hard to aim offline indoors <laughs> you got all the lines and the, the the cages lined straight and things like that and then um you know with the simulators now you can do on course situational stuff which is actually in some ways i think benefits more because you're not rushed by people behind you and um, you can take your time walking people through like why would i why would i hit it to this location versus going for you know this hero shot and then you can have them try the hero shot on the, on the simulator versus, um, you know, the, the safer shot or the smart shot. And, you know, on the golf course, people may be a little bit more hesitant to do certain things because they're afraid of losing a golf ball or, you know, there's people behind you. So there are, there are a lot of benefits to being indoors. And then when you get outside, they're more prepared for, you know, what comes their way. I mean, obviously you can't simulate wind and, um, heavy rough and side hill lies totally but um, you can do a lot of prep work indoors so Lewis brings up a really interesting point there I think where he starts talking about prep work a lot of people that I see with students is they talk about how difficult it is to get on the golf course you know golf can be expensive it's time consuming things like that and, and you know and if you're going to go play you have to play 9 or 18 typically and when you're going to the golf course, it's it's nice to be feeling like you're prepared to get out there and actually learn something. Whereas, I think what Lewis is referring to is when you're getting into the game and you're trying to learn how to just you know hit the ball, get the ball flight to do something that you know you're used to seeing, where you could actually go play and enjoy the game. Maybe indoors is the better route to go. <laughs> right, right, and you know so when you get on the golf course, a lot of times, you know. If people aren't hitting it well, they want to keep hitting the same shot over and over again. Or, you know, and there, there's really not time for that. You know, there's people coming up. It's rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, like I said, there's, there's pros and cons to both. Um, I think for the vast majority that are just really trying to learn the game and uh, develop motion so that they can go out on the golf course and hit some predictable shots, being indoors is like, a way better environment for, for learning. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's close. I mean, but I have a ton of experience doing that way. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people that say, Oh, you got to get on the golf course and you got to get in the situation. But if you don't have the skills necessary to handle those situations, like going on the golf course, it's a crapshoot of what that player is going to produce that day. Very interesting stuff there. Lewis brings up a really good point there about controlling motion. That's an idea that he was one of the first people I heard say that phrase. 
and I wanted him to expound upon that and how and what did he mean by that and what are golfers really not doing if uh, we're really just supposed to be controlling the motion of the club. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the driving range, there's a mass number of people that hit thousands of balls and they continue to slice a golf ball and they have no idea why they slice it. So, you know, you can continue to try to put a square peg in a round hole um, and occasionally it like it might slip in there. Um, but that's why so many people struggle with the game. It's like they have no understanding of what motion actually produces a draw or a slice, you know, so they keep experimenting. And if they hit a good shot, they're like, oh, I turned my left shoulder more. Oh, I kept my head down. And all these like, like fictitious feels that people have instead of the measuring the absolute. So, you know, there's, there's certain things that you can do that, that train motion. If I'm, if I want to um, work on someone's turn, I don't, I don't need them to hit a golf ball to do that. You know, I can give them a drill or I can set them up in front of the, uh, the live track man view and draw lines on the screen and I can get them into the, you know, pretty close to the exact spot that we want to get them into. And that way, that position is the same today, tomorrow, the next day, you know, six months from now. So it's not a, they're not guessing on what they're trying to work on. And I think over the, over time, if you're trying to build consistency, you shouldn't be, you know, turning, working on your turn one day and then, you know, um, trying to keep your head down the next day. I mean, all the things that we hear that are just really, you know, so far off from producing good shots it's 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 no wonder that people like struggle all the time you know yeah yeah they're quite random thoughts right (laughs) that yeah and they they have no no impact really on the outcome it's just golf is a high variable game you're every time you hit a shot um the outcome could be what you want um but it could not be like you know at, at eight feet you know, a tour player is making 50% of their putts. I mean, that right there tells you a lot, right? Like um, that there's going to be a high variable in, in outcomes. And your goal is to create a, a motion that gives you the best chance to hit the shot you would like. Um, so, you know, if you want to hit a draw, you have to have the ability to, you know, for right hand or send the path out to the right a little bit. And then the face has to be in a in a place that could manage that ball flight. So, the nice part is with TrackMan, you could say, you know, here's a range to hit a small draw. I want you to hit it from two to four degrees inside out, and the face has to be somewhere in between that path and face. And then you'd know that the ball would start to the right and then have a small amount of curve to the left. I mean, those are measurable things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more free, like if you're trying to hit a draw and your path goes outside in, that's a problem, right? And right. if you don't know where the face is, um, and it's always open to your path, you're just going to struggle. Yeah, and you you kind of mentioned, too, with the variability, a lot of people, when they go for that one shot, it's, you know, they hit one good shot, they're like, oh, I did this to make that happen, and it just could have been random luck that hit that shot. Yeah. And then, you know, then they'll do it the way you're prescribing and the way that, you know, through our, you know, your experience makes it work best. And all of a sudden they hit it bad. And all of a sudden that's the, the indicator that, oh, this doesn't right. work. And it's not, not so much. Tour players hitting the green from, 
you know, 175 to 200, like 50% of the time. And the average golfer thinks that they should hit it within 15 feet, you know, like 50% of the time, you know, so the, 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 their concepts of what reality is in, in terms of what's realistic is so far off that they, they get frustrated, you know? And so when you can measure and say, look, in, in this, you know, session, you, you only average, you know, X carry distance and your dispersion was this. Well, odds are you're only going to hit the green 25% of the time. So now we have a, something that we can measure and practice. And then in two weeks, if we do this drill from 175, we can say, okay, you hit the ball within this carry distance X amount of time. So that's a 50% improvement from the last week, you know? So that that's kind of where we go with it is just, okay, you know, are we, if we are working on the right motion over time, are we seeing an improvement in shot patterns and, and not like, do I hit the ball straight at my target every time? So when you're educating emotion, are you, you know, obviously you're educating them on, the, the dynamics that create a shot, you know, so if you're looking for a certain shot, this is how you're going to do it. And that's where the technology comes in. Are you educating them on, you know, I guess the position, a position, or are you educating them on body movement as well? Well, I think you can go multiple directions in this way. So, you, you know, some people just need to learn the location of where they're trying to move to. And that does not require you trying to hit some shots. Some people don't relate to positions. So then you have to um, try to figure out a drill that is more motion oriented. Like, um, you know, I use Mike Romatowski's uh, speed chains. They help create uh, the shallowing effect. And they also create for, we'll use just a basic term, that like a, a delayed hit, right? Um, so sometimes you can get, a motion drill to get the right positions and that works for people and then other people if they're someone that releases the club early you just have them hit pitch shots or um, lower flighted shots to help them with their release so you know if you go about it in those three ways you're you're always going to develop motion then you're going to turn it into a skill uh, which is obviously the end game is is does the motion improve your ball flight control I think um, the nice part, and I know you do this too, is we, we don't do like one lesson packages anymore. So if you, if you know you have someone for 10 lessons or six months or a year, you know, you don't have to like do what I think a lot of younger teachers did or, or what we used to think of teaching was, well, you know, let's just crank their grip over and get them to feel really uncomfortable. You can lay out a, a plan that slowly, you know, develops them along the way so that they're not going to play horrible the next time they go out they're just going to slice it a little bit less and then you know get it to where it's pretty straight to maybe where it's just to a draw so I think that that in itself is a big change you know where you can say you know we're going to take the next 10 lessons and slowly shift this baseline so you know the first part would be um, depending on how athletic they are or where the, you know how comfortable they are moving in space I would do um, a drill that that puts them in the spot that I want them to be. And I'll either use live video to show them and they can trace the lines on the track man so that they know exactly where they want to be. And if they can get that, then, you know, I, I'd rather put someone in the correct positions than give them total exaggerations. I think the problem with exaggerations is, 
you know, when you uh, have a slicer and you, you know, you completely shut their face so they hook it and then you get your path way in out to, to offset it, you know, now you've created a hook, which is just as bad as a slice, right? I mean, it might go farther, but um, you're like changing one error for another. So I try to get it to where they know exactly where they want to be and then try to work off of that. So if I'm doing um, like a stick drill where I put a, a stick underneath their grip, I'll have them in transition point the, the stick out to the right so they can see that type of transition that's different than over the top. Um, I think more of that stuff works better, at least in my opinion, when you're working long term. It's more long term development than it is, you know, feeling the pressure of, oh, I got to get this guy so much better. And it's like, look, you know, most of these people have taken years to develop that, that slice, you know, and to, to think that you're going to automatically just shift them out of it, you know, because you told them to do it is, is, I mean, it's just not how we learn. You know, we don't go from first grade to, to 12th grade and in, you know, one year, you, you know, you take time to, to learn that stuff. Right. Golf is a high variable game. That's definitely one thing that is very true about this game. And in sports in general, if you think about percentages of athletes and how much they make shots, how much they have success in their certain games, really not that much of a surprise that golf can be so hard to hit the exact shot you're looking for all the time. But that can be something that gets lost as we go through learning these motions and starting to develop. Now with that... We wanted to transition. Lewis is, is well known as one of the top junior coaches in the country. He, the students he's worked with, uh, they've gone on to some great success again into the professional ranks, collegiate, high school, all across the board. And we wanted to talk to him a little bit about what does his process look like working with those kids and how does he help them get to their ultimate goals. And I think when you start hearing about his indoor facility and what he's doing, I think it's really interesting the environment that he provides for his kids and juniors to practice and play in? I think, I mean, you know, adults want to learn a different way than, than kids. You know, kids have to be, uh, you know, their energy has to be channeled a little different. They, I mean, adults, I could work on the same thing for an hour and they, they could have the capacity to, to focus that long. A junior golfer, you're, you might get 15 to 20 minutes of, of time out of them in one scenario. And if they don't get it right away, they get either a little too frustrated or, you know, or they're just, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So, that, so you got to shift it a little bit. So with juniors, I would say, you know, you're working in 15 to 20 minute segments and then you shift them to something else. But it's all the same in terms of, you know, let's, let's teach them what's the best way right away, as opposed to, um, you know, tr again, trying to just quickly get someone up and running. Uh, you, obviously you want, you know, to, them to see some progress as soon as possible. But again, you know, everyone's different in terms of how quickly they learn something. So I think, it, I think there's a, you know, I think that's the art of teaching, right? Is being able to change how you adapt to, to their needs more than anything is there a, is there a point when you get like a junior because you know i think you know we both played and played competitively i know 
I had some days where I just sat there and, you know, I had, there was days I had to work on something that hit seven iron on the range as a kid and I didn't like it. But I mean, is there a point <laughs> when that, is there a point when that kind of shifts over or is, is there kind of a, do you see any type of, all right, now I'm a competitive player. I've got to, I've got to grind at this a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I tend to get um, more of the kids that are about that eighth grade to freshman year in high school. And they're like, you know, I really want to get good. So, you know, the, the idea of just coming out to play golf for fun shifts to what does it take to achieve a skill? And, and I think, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns. If you start practicing for three hours and you're, you're focused for only 45 minutes or a half hour. I mean, I think that's where coaching comes in. If you can give, give your students a plan of, you know, you should, you know, it's like going to the gym. You wouldn't, you wouldn't bench the heaviest weight, uh, try to do it 50 times. You know, at some point you just diminishing returns. Right. So you got to find that balance of, what structure can you, can you give them? And then what also could be fun? So if you do something that's uh, serious or, or like movement oriented, that's hard, then have the kids go play a chipping game, you know, up and ins or, you know, chipping to a bucket, you know, something that, that they can have some fun with their buddies. And is there some sort of process you use to help them kind of see some of these returns, you know, whether it's benchmarking or something like that? Yeah, you know, the track man's nice because you can do the test centers and mm. you can make up tests and um, you can have the kids like go ahead and compete against one another um, or just simple stuff with putting and chipping, you know, what's your up and down rate, what's, you know, your make rate from eight feet and um, again, it's they can do it on their own or they can do it with some buddies and, you know, the nice part about the, the practice club part is kids now can come in and practice and and they get to meet other kids from other schools or they can practice with their buddies. So it's not like, um, when we used to do it, I mean, you know, you, you just went and practice on your own most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like another sport, you know, all, all the other sports that we all grew up playing, you know, your, you know, practice was structured by a coach. Um, and you know, they told you what to do in golf. It's kind of a free for all, right. Mm-hmm. You know, you just go out and bang as many balls as you can and hopefully you figure something out, which is, obviously not the the most productive process. Oh, and, and you kind of pointed ahead with kids. It's a lot of times it's the social, it seems like a social status. Like you get, do you see that in your, your space? Like, uh, you know, who's the guy you get all the kids coming in and they're doing all these tests. Like who's the guy that just, you know, one up somebody in the combine. All right, now I got to go beat yeah. him again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the fun part. I think in this day and age, sometimes competition might be like, you know, frowned upon, you know, like, but as, you know, as you get older, you know, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And, and I think teaching kids early on, like that either they have to work harder or they have to accept like they got beat that day. I mean, those are all good life skills that I think get missed. You know, you're not going to always be rewarded just for, for trying. And, you know, if you can get kids to understand that, then they work harder. Um, they, 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 they start to realize that the guy that wins all the time, he, well, he practices five days a week. Oh, he's there, you know, 10 hours a week, you know. And, and, and I, th- I think that helps build their uh, awareness of what it takes to be good. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you, it's fair to say your environment, you know, it's, it's pretty self-serving with the way, with the practice club, it seems like you don't have to, I mean, you, you obviously, like you said, you guide them probably individually in there when you have like a lesson or anything like that. But other than that, it's, they see what good people are doing and, you know, hopefully the, the people that aren't as good, they kind of catch up and they kind of catch on with the environment. It's kind of like you said, you didn't want to be the weak, the weak link as a kid. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's some, some of it, you lay out a plan and say, okay, you're going to do, you know, this many pitch shots, this many iron shots, this many drivers, and you're going to score them. And you do that individually. And then, um, and then they start meeting kids, like I said, and, they start saying, Oh, you know what, let's do this putting game. It's you versus me. And, um, that's kind of the, that's when the kids, like you were saying before, they get kind of lost in the practice. It's no longer the grind. Um, they actually have fun doing it. And I think that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. What, uh, what's your, when you're, like you said, you're scoring a practice or a plan, what, what do you use to score? Like, is there certain, I know this can go with a ton of different numbers. Are you typically using track man numbers? Just, all right, you score it based on whatever the, if you set up like a hundred, hundred, 110, 120 yard test, is that your scoring system? Yeah, that, and, uh, you know, I use, um, you know, I use the stats from, uh, I'm trying to blank on uh, the guy's name from Australia, um, shots to hole. I'll yeah. use their scoring system, which is nice because they, uh, you, you know, not everyone's shooting like a Twitter player. So they give you baselines based on your scoring average. So if I'm trying to take someone that's a, you know, an 86 to a 86 to 90 shooter down to 80 to 84, well, now I know what their proximity should be based on that skill level instead of saying, well, a tour player, you know, makes 50% or hits it within this proximity like a lot of people can't relate to it. It's too far away, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, when you can put the carrot just a little bit out in front of them, they don't, they don't see the task as, as like, Oh, I can't do that. You know? So I think that, that helps a lot. And that's a really critical point. If you remember back to some of our first episodes with Richard Franklin, you heard a lot of talk about, you know, customizing the experience for juniors and, and making sure that the the journey they on they are on is going to be something they are really able to emotionally attach to and, and have a, a good experience with and Lewis is sharing some similar sentiments there is, is having some goals that are realistic and skills specific to each player I think those are some really critical ideas as you go and then as you go it's it's showing that as as this long journey we've talked out how long the journey can be to get better golf but showing that there is an ability to get better showing the small victories along the way and and improvement and how those can help keep a junior and actually any golfer going through this what we can say is a pretty crazy game after you start getting into it even though we love it well i mean it's so much easier today than it is back in the day when you had to like write everything down now everything stores in your phone and you know when you're getting ready to try to play college if you want to play college golf you can then send a coach and be like hey look at my progression here's how I practice uh it's a great way to to get on a coach's radar 
because, you know, a lot of the kids that I teach, you know, they're, you know, like I said, some of them get into it late. They didn't, they're like, I didn't think I could be a college golfer. And now that, you know, they're sophomore, junior year, which um, they're like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. But, um, you know, with the way recruiting is, I mean, I don't understand why you're signing a kid up, you know, as a freshman or whatever, or, or eighth grader, when so many like golfers, um, they grow late, you know, they, they, they get into the game late. And so by the time they're junior or senior year, you know, they've really kind of come into their own. And, and uh, you know, I think a lot of college coaches miss out. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, just kind of getting back to developing motion. The other part that's really good is, um, you know, we do have a long winter here. So if someone is working through a swing change, I mean, you basically have four, five months to change that motion and instead of taking a lesson on a Friday afternoon and saying I'm going to play Saturday morning, you now have all this time to get familiar with the motion so that when you do go outside, you know, you won't, you know, become a tour player right away, but like you're, you've already acquired a motion skill and now it's like, okay, now I just have to go and play and now I have to get comfortable with a little bit of the elements instead of saying, Okay, what's what am I trying to do with my swing? What, you know, you know, trying to do both. I think I think that's one of the benefits that we have being up north is we have this time frame for people to get comfortable making changes. Yeah, we can only handle so much. You can only handle so much bandwidth in your your head, right? It's try to yeah. put it all together and make a change, and then go try to do it off of a side hill lie out of a out of a bad lie in the rough to a green with the wind going right to left with water short left i mean good luck right to <laughs> right correct so yeah, yeah i mean i think yeah i think like that you know if people really want to get good at golf it, it, it it's just it's a different sport than anything that we've ever been around it's it's uh it, it's hard it's harder than people think um but once you understand the concepts uh the game actually gets easier I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like, um, you know, NBA where LeBron's been the best player in the NBA, you know, or top two for the last 15 years or whatever he's been, you know, Kevin Durant, same thing in golf. Can you name one guy that's been the top player for, for that long of a time frame? You know, it's, it's rotated since Tiger's been, you know, out, you know, between Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. Justin Thomas, all these guys have their ups and downs. And I think that's one of the things that makes golf, you know, pretty challenging. But, um, you know, for guys like us, if you, if you have a plan in place, you can, you can really mold someone so that they have less ups and downs that are so dramatic. And, you know, I think the barrier golf, like you said, golf's tough and you're kind of leading to it, the barrier to get it going can be challenging to learn some of these concepts, but once you do, then I think your ascent to getting to at least a reasonable level can be mm -hmm. a lot faster than other sports, you know, in, cause in some other sports like basketball, like you're saying, you know, I can learn to dribble. I can learn the rules of the game. I can learn how to shoot a little bit, but then to be able to do that against others that have more skill level, all that, it's going to take me a long time to, to reach those levels uh as opposed to golf it's just and think about how same. 
Yeah, think about how few skills you have to learn in basketball. You have to dribble, and you have to shoot, and you have to, uh, you know, move your feet a certain way. But when you go to play at someone else's gym, the hoop's the same size, you know, or s same distance away. The, the only thing that's different is, like, the background, right? Well, in golf, I go play your golf course, you come play my golf course. Not only could the golf course is totally different, but the elements are different, right? Mm -hmm. And those are all the things that you have to, you know, that's why you have to have such skill to be able to be a good golfer. Right. All right. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for coming on, talking a little golf with us. I really appreciate the time. I know you're a busy man and uh, I appreciate the, all your work and what you do in Illinois and look forward to keep following you. How can, how can people get, find out more information about you? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. It's uh, score. And then an underscore golf. Um, that's where I post some videos and things that we do. We talk about uh, just some practice sessions and different drills. And uh, my website's www.lewisourgolf.com. And uh, Scott, I appreciate having having me on. And uh, you know, it's nice always talking golf with other guys that are doing like things and um, pushing the needle forward so we can help you know people get better at this game that we're we really like. Really, really good stuff there from Lewis, and we can't thank him enough for coming on the podcast, taking time out of his busy schedule. Do make sure you go follow him on Instagram and check out what he has. He has some really cool stuff that he posts about how he's helping his players play better golf and shoot lower scores, so make sure you do that, and he definitely will find something that helps your game. And with that, that's going to do us for this week on the Be Epic Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. If you want to make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please make sure you click the subscribe button. And also, if you want, go ahead and leave us a review, comment. We'd love to hear from you what you think and also any questions you might have. So please go ahead and make sure you do that for us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.